yeah, yeah. Ball so hard, you better believe me, it's scary. It's basketball at the bar with Calvin and Barry. So put a tip in the jar, cause these dudes can really fill it up. Whether it's buckets, you need enough just a beer in a cup. We're here for fresh conversations, got some delicious libations. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. My boys, got you covered like you being guarded by pay. From the glove to the claw, and everyone else in between. Calvin and Barry got everything that you need. So sit back, relax, because we're starting the show. It's basketball at the bar, got your drinks and let's go. Yeah, yeah. Grab a drink and let's go. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notification. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notification. Let's get it. What up, ballers? Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live for the best NBA podcast here on YouTube where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold. There's no dress code, and you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a stool, drop a like, and don't forget to subscribe. This is basketball at the bar. Grab your drinks and let's go. Calvin, it's Wednesday. It's hump day again. We got <laughs> a ton of stuff to talk about. And uh, we are just about a day, a day and a half away from NBA free agency. Officially, yes. Yeah. Even though you're already starting to hear a lot of things that are, are going to happen in the next 24 to 48 hours. Very true. What's up, Progressive G? Good to see you here in the chat. Shout out to everybody else that's joining us. Please don't forget to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Also want to remind you all that we are giving away a $250 Fanatics gift card. If you have not already entered in, make sure you go and do that. All you need to do is go to the Basketball at the Bar YouTube page. Uh, you can search for Fanatics or it should be posted up at the top. Watch that video. It's very short. Just follow the instructions and you'll be entered in to win a $250 Fanatics gift card. So Calvin, we have... A ton of stuff to talk about today. We have some player team options. We have some trades. We have a buyout, some more rumors, uh, some coaching uh, information. Where would you like to start? Oh, man, uh, it doesn't matter. All right. Spin the wheel. Let's give some updates on player and team options. So first off, Russell Westbrook officially decides to opt in to his last year with the Lakers. I think it's $47 million. Uh, he posted a video on his Instagram afterwards of of uh, singing. Seems to be very, very happy to be returning to the Lakers. Uh, well, I think I'd be very happy about $47 million. doesn't matter where I'm playing. Yes. Because he might not be playing in L.A. still. Very true. Anything else that you can deduct from yeah. this? Just, I mean, similar to the Kyrie Irving situation, like what are your other options here? You know, I, you're – if you don't take that player option, there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to sign for anywhere near that same amount of money anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I think Westbrook, Westbrook wanted to be in L.A. the whole time. Like he's from there. He's a he grew up watching the Lakers. Um, it, it's a pretty cut-and-dry decision in my mind for him. Yes, very true. And as you mentioned, Kyrie Irving <laughs> – also opts into the final year of his deal, very similar to Russell Westbrook. Um, so he will be returning to the Brooklyn Nets, at least for now. I read an article today that uh, the team was very unhappy with Kyrie Irving, not only his stance on the vaccines, but his uh, the way he treated his teammates and coaching staff and stuff like that. So apparently he's on a short leash here, could potentially get traded. Uh, but I want to hear from you, Calvin. Who do you think is more likely to remain on their team throughout the year, Kyrie Irving or Russell Westbrook? 
Well, they're, I think they're actually linked together right now. I mean, especially because John Wall has been bought out, which we'll get to as well. That trade option isn't available there to, to trade either one of these guys. There really aren't many deals left uh, that will work financially and get back what, you know, potentially the team could want in return. So I, I think their fates are very intertwined at this point, but I will say Westbrook probably has a better chance overall just because the the Nets really don't want him there. They don't want Kyrie Irving in the building at all, it seems like. Yeah, it's really quite unfortunate. We will see what happens in this situation. We will continue to keep you posted. Kevin Durant's the real guy that I'm watching out of this whole situation, right? Because if KD and Westbrook get swapped – does KD want to be there? Is he going to demand a trade to somewhere else? We're not really quite sure. Last week, I uh, I speculated on a potential landing spot for Kevin Durant, one that he's won a couple championships with, and a team that has a ton of, uh, I guess, trade assets. But we will see what happens there. In other news, James Harden officially declines his player option for the Philadelphia 76ers. He is said to do this to provide extra salary cap cap flexibility for the team to uh, basically add on players, and then he will renegotiate and re-sign a contract to remain with the Sixers. What are your thoughts here, Cal? It's a smart move. I mean, I think it's good for both parties. Uh, you know, James is obviously coming off of a rough postseason. That might have given Philadelphia some um, some a worry or a precaution in signing him to a max deal. This works out better for both parties. James gets to remain with the team, which I think he wants to do ultimately. And they also get to look to improve the team so that they don't fall flat in the playoffs again next year. Bradley Beal's doing pretty much the exactly same thing here. He has also declined his player option. He is officially free. He could leave the wizards if he wants um, but what do you think about this situation? Same thing as the Harden deal? I don't think this is the same thing as the Harden deal for a couple of reasons. Number one, Bradley Beal has said earlier this summer or earlier uh, this year recently that his decision this offseason about where to play next year is going to be based on where he thinks he can win. Stand if I'm him, I don't think that's in Washington. Okay. Also, they just drafted a shooting guard with the 10th pick in this year's draft, Johnny Davis, who you would expect to be the replacement eventually, if not immediately, mm-hmm. for Bradley Beal. So this doesn't feel necessarily like a uh, the same situation where I'm just going to opt out, restructure the deal, and hopefully we can make the team better sort of a thing. So you think he's out? I, I'm leaning that direction. The okay. only reason I'm not all in on that is because – I felt like Bradley Beal was going to leave the Wizards six or seven times already, and he <laughs> hasn't, and he's said every single time, I want to be here, I want to stay in Washington. Yeah. So I'm leaving that door open slightly just because of his track record, uh, previous history, and, and the things that he's said. But I think that this feels different than the okay. James Harden situation. What's up, Patrick? Good to see you. Thanks for joining in. Calvin and I are doing wonderful. It's Wednesday. We're here in Maui. It's only 1 p.m., and it's a beautiful, sunny day outside. I'm heading to the beach after this show. That is for yeah, you're sure. Very lucky. Based on what you just said, I feel like this is the same exact Bradley Beal, <laughs> and that's because I was in the same boat as you, right? That yeah. I thought this guy was going to leave five or six times already, and he just continues to stay. So, 
I, I'm the guy at the blackjack table. The dealer is bust 20 times in a row, and I'm going <laughs> all in here because the dealer has to bust again, right? So I think B Bradley Beal stays. I think he signs a humongous contract with the Wizards. Not saying he's going to play out that entire contract with them, but I think he's on the Wizards next season. Yeah, we shall see. In Kings news, the Kings extend their offer or actually their team option on Trey Lyles, so he will return to the Sacramento Kings next season. Good news for the Kings, right? Yeah, I think this is really good news. I mean, this is a, uh, power forward's a position that they're uh, you know thin at overall or they have a lot of question marks. They just drafted Keegan Murray with the fourth pick, Trey Lyles, not um you know a all-star level talent for him to play behind or learn from but a veteran uh who i think has you know some similar aspects of his game to keegan murray's he'd be a good person to learn from definitely yeah yeah i agree i, I like him a lot i think he's he's a good piece for that team and he, he doesn't make a lot of money either so and they need bigs which is uh definitely definitely something you need to win in this league Breaking news here. The Hornets extend qualifying offers to Miles Bridges and Cody Martin here, making them both restricted free agents. We'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, also, the Trailblazers extend a qualifying offer to Afrini Simons, also making him a restricted free agent as well. And uh, Torian Prince agrees to a two-year extension with the Minnesota Timberwolves. All right, let's talk about some trades here. Wizards officially trade KCP and Ish Smith to Denver for Barton and Morris. What does this mean for the two teams? And what does this mean for Bradley Beal? <laughs> well, I think it's um, open to interpretation what it means for Bradley Beal, as we've kind of already discussed here. Uh, I'm, I don't really know what, who wins this trade. Like, I, I don't know necessarily what it does for either team. I like KCP. He was really instrumental, you know, in the Lakers winning a title a couple years or a few years ago. Oh, he was so really good three. outside. Yeah, really great outside shooter. Maybe been a little more consistent than Will Barton, uh, you know, over the past couple of years. Barton's missed a, a bunch of games due to injury, so just a, a changing of the guard here. Like I, I don't think that this. I, I'm not sure you. I can really pick a winner of this deal necessarily. Other than um, just to say, Ish Smith, this is a, an NBA record. This is his 13th team wow. that he will have played wow. for wow. in his career. <laughs> That's wild. And I think uh, I see this move as, as Denver is adding a little bit more experience to their roster and adding a guy like KCP. They haven't had much championship experience on that roster, yep. if any yep. at all. So they at least add a guy here with a ring. Great move for the Denver Nuggets, in my opinion. Well, it looks like the Knicks are finally tired of Nerlens Noel <laughs> and uh, Trey Burks. They are shipped, or sorry, Alex, Alex Burks. Alex. They were shipped out to Detroit in uh, pretty much a salary dump move. Detroit picked up these guys for basically nothing. This clears uh, room for the Knicks to have some cap space. I know there's nineteen a, million dollars. I know there's a point guard that they've been talking about. We'll talk about that here in a second. But what do you think about the addition of Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks to the Detroit Pistons? I think it's awesome. Um, I'm ready. It's very early. There's a lot more that's going to happen. In Calvin's the, picking the Detroit to win the title. But no, I'm picking Detroit and Dallas as the head and shoulders winners of the offseason so far. 
Like uh, these two teams are are absolutely killing it right now. Yeah. Um, you get a nice young big man in Jalen Duran from Memphis, who probably should have been a top ten pick, ends up falling out of the top ten. You still trade for him. They end up with two great uh, young rookies in this draft class. Now you get a guy in Nerlens Noel who can be one of those mentors mm-hmm. for Duran. Um, Alec Burks is a, another very capable wing player that can come off the bench and provide shooting and scoring for you. Like th- this is a, a really solid move for a team that's already made a ton of good moves this offseason. Yeah, I'm not going to throw the Mavs up there, but I think Detroit by far has won the offseason. We'll see what happens with a guy like uh, you know DeAndre Ayton and what this means for he's him. He's also linked to Detroit. Maybe he's not going and to Detroit Miles now. Miles Bridges was linked to Detroit. Yeah. Like everybody, all of a sudden wants to go there. When you got a ton of cap space and yeah. a bunch of young guys, yeah. you know people want to play there. In other news, the Spurs officially trade their point guard in Dejounte Murray to Atlanta for a package including Danilo Gallinari and a few draft picks. I think it's a a 2023 first round, a 2020 five first round a pick swap and i think one more pick in there as well this is a strange move i did not think the spurs were going to move on from Dejounte murray i saw no reason for them to move on yet they did it anyways they're bringing in draft picks what the hell's going on here i'm not really sure i'm more surprised at the deal they actually decided to to do for murray especially when you heard um, they were originally asking for four first-round picks in return plus a player. Now, obviously, you know, th- most teams aren't going to bite at that, so you have to meet somewhere in the middle. But the fact that uh, the Spurs didn't want or didn't get John Collins back in return for Weird. this. Instead, they get Gallinari, who doesn't, to me, fit what the Spurs are now trying to do. This guy's much older. This roster is mostly young, like, rookies or second-year players. They just Mm -hmm. added three more first-round picks. Like, that doesn't equate to me. So I'm I'm a little confused by what San Antonio accepted in this deal. But, I mean, I think if if San Antonio wanted John Collins, they could have easily got him. So this signals to me that they did not want John Collins. Which again is strange to me. I, I don't I don't understand. Gallinari is a very like stereotypical Spurs player in my opinion. He maybe shoots a little more, a few more threes than the team traditionally does, but uh, he's just kind of fits that type of mold to me. However, he makes a lot of money. Like I said, he's already on you know in the twilight years maybe of his career. It just doesn't seem to match the the same direction the team is going. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and you could maybe even say the same thing for a guy like John Collins. As young as he is, the Spurs seem like they're going into full rebuild mode here. They're just going yeah. after draft picks. Yeah. I think they picked up, like, two unprotected draft picks, which are really rare in today's game. Like, we see teams fight to, we want a top three protected or top one protected. They got some unprotected first-round picks here yeah. in this deal. Yeah. So they are hitting the full reset button. What does this mean for Atlanta? Do you like the the Murray uh, combination with with Trey Young? I do, potentially. I mean, this is an incredibly fast backcourt. Murray adds some strengths that Trey Young doesn't have. Really solid on-ball defender. Um, You know, he's a guy that can take a lot of the pressure off Trey Young 
in terms of handling the ball, running the offense, playmaking, things like that. So, um, and, and for Atlanta right now, you still got your starting front court intact at the moment with Collins and Capella um, and DeAndre Hunter presumably coming back to play that three spot. So I, I like this move for Atlanta. Yeah, I also want to mention the Gallinari's contract for next season is partially guaranteed, so maybe the Spurs just traded for him and they're going to they're gonna buy him out or cut him. Uh, I think the real, I guess, loser here would be Bogdan Bogdanovich, right? He was their free agent acquisition or just Kevin Herter, a couple one. seasons ago. Yeah. Um, is he the sixth man on this team now? I'm not sure. You know, as we've talked about Atlanta a lot uh, in previous on previous shows, their whole roster is built with a bunch of wing players that, mm-hmm. that shoot a ton of threes. Bogdanovich is one of those guys. Kevin Herter's probably now going back to the bench. So I don't know who the sixth man is on this team. Yeah, I mean, if they start DeAndre Hunter at the three. <clears throat> Which I think you have to. Then that means you got Kevin Herter coming off the bench, just entering in the new mm-hmm. contract, four-year deal. He's making $14.5 million. And then you have Bogdanovich, who's making $18 million. Uh, as well, and he's got a player option for the season after that. So you could have both of those guys coming off the bench the next two seasons making over $30 million. Yeah, well, clearly I think Atlanta is still a a team to watch here for the rest of of the month of July probably. You know, what are they going to do with John Collins? If they move him, maybe they decide to start go smaller, start DeAndre Hunter at the four which opens up a spot for you to play Herder or Bogdanovich in the starting lineup, or maybe they're going to look to move one of or both of those guys as well. Yeah, Progressive G said King should bring back Bogdanovich. I'd definitely be interested in something like that. However, what are you going to trade, right? Like Harrison Barnes, maybe the salary matches up if you're trading for a guy like John Collins, but then you got to send another $18 million out, which is a lot of money. That's basically what I think Sabonis is making at this point. So. You'd have to send out a ton of money. But the Hawks are definitely making some moves here. They are one of the most active teams so far this offseason. And I do expect John Collins to get moved here. Do you? I I do, yeah. I don't think they want him there. I think it's probably a a mutual split at this point. He's already said he's unhappy with his role there, and and it seems like Atlanta is starting the process of, you know, moving in, in another direction. So, Yep. We will see what happens in that situation. We will monitor it, and we will keep you informed. In other news, we've seen our first buyout of the offseason, and it's John Wall. No surprise here. (laughs) Didn't play with the Rockets last season. He is now reportedly going to join the L.A. Clippers. I do have to mention on last week's show, we talked about the Clippers and what they needed, what their biggest need was. You and I both agreed it was a point guard, so we can uh, pat ourselves <laughs> on the back there. Do you like John Wall joining the Clippers, and what does he bring to L.A.? I like John Wall joining the Clippers if he's going to play. Like, this yeah. dude just hasn't played a lot of games so you he's know, fresh. in the past four years. He should be. <laughs> but uh, how fresh is he? I don't know. Um, if he does come back healthy and plays, you know, let's say – will aim low, like 40 to 50 games even. Okay. Um, y- you have to like this team. They, they, uh, they're bringing back Zubats as well, so they're kind of doubling down on the, the lineup that they had going into last year. They want to re-sign Nicholas Batum, who's going to be a free agent as well. They're not going to pick up the option on him. Um, 
for now to mm-hmm. try to hopefully re-sign him for a better deal. I, I like this team a lot. Like John Wall is, you know, when healthy, one of the premier point guards in the league. Yeah, um, he can really bring a lot to this team, and he's an underrated defender as well. And you've already got perhaps the best two wing defenders in the league on your team. Mm-hmm. That's going to make it really tough to score on this team. Yeah, I actually like this addition a lot. Uh, I think the ceiling for this team is an NBA championship with these three guys. I, I'd say John Wall, John Wall is the third best player on this team at this point, right? I know we haven't seen him oh, yeah. in a year, year and a half or so, but I think that he is the third best player on this team. And I think that what this team really needs from the point guard position is a solid three-point shooter. Hopefully John Wall, while he's been out these few years, he's been <laughs> continuing to work on his three-point shot. He wasn't a horrible three-point shooter late in his career in Washington. He was making no. it pretty effectively. But as guys age, you know, and they lose speed, like which was his number yeah. one attribute, if they're able to add that three-point shot or just get consistently better every year at shooting the three ball, they age very well. Now, I don't know if he's done that or not, but if he did or has been doing that I think this is a huge move for the Clippers and I expect them to be in the Western Conference Finals potentially NBA Finals however that being said their three best players have all missed at least a season in the NBA (laughs) dealing with injuries right like we just missed Kawhi Leonard last season John Wall missed last season plus he's missed multiple other seasons due to injury Mm -hmm. uh Paul George Missed a, a full season after the injury in the Olympics, yeah, stuff like that. So accident. the the ceiling is very high. The floor is very low for this team for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I will disagree with you a little bit on, I don't think John Wall needs to, sh- to hit that high of a percentage from three. We're already talking about one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. Um, Luke Kennard led the league in three-point percentage last year. They may end up losing him but you've still got a ton of guys that shoot it really well. I mean, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are, are definitely no slouch when it comes to three-point shooting. Norman Powell is now on this team. You've got Robert Covington. Mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson's been an improved three-point shooter as well. Uh, this team has a ton of shooting already on it. Yeah, yeah, it does. I'm just saying to uh, you know make up for his loss in speed and some of the other things in his game. But but we will see. He's what also happens. never played with the cal- offensive caliber of players as Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Like Bradley it, Beal. Uh, yeah, th- he's he's a great player, but it, Bradley Beal isn't better by himself than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. No, but I'm just saying like, offensively, he he's capable of putting up numbers like Paul Wall, or Paul George, not Paul yes, Wall, Paul George, <laughs> not Paul Wall. Um, yes, that's right. But I'm just saying it. This that having those two guys on the floor with John Wall should open things up a lot more for him. So even if he's maybe lost a step, yep. John Wall is still very fast, even for a guy that's lost a step and had a couple injuries. Um, I think he's going to be able to take advantage of that for sure. What is your, uh, I guess, estimation on next season and how it goes for the Clippers? Well, of course, it's dependent on health, right? We yep. We don't know what... We have two big question marks here. How healthy and how good is John Wall going to be, and how healthy and how good is Kawhi Leonard going to be? We still haven't seen him play in over a year either. And so. Paul George. The dude has had so many shoulder injuries. And, and elbow. and yep. Yes, he's had a lot of injuries as well. Um, so, yeah, it, they're, they're like a couple teams or a few teams in this league. They're completely dependent on how healthy they're going to be 
to determine how good they are. But like you said, if they're all even close to the old forms of themselves or what we expect from them, this could easily be one of the better teams, like the one of the five best teams in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. We will see what happens. Well, it's official. The Jazz hire their head coach and Will Hardy, and they also hire an associate GM and David Fisdale. What are your thoughts on these moves? Does this help the Jazz at all? And is the next domino to fall Rudy Gobert? <laughs> I think Rudy Gobert is the next domino to fall. And, yeah, I would say this helps the Jazz as well. Will Hardy's one of the top assistants in the league right now. I was surprised that he didn't get as many interviews or, or make it to the final mm -hmm. round of some of these earlier jobs that were open. Um, so I'm happy for him. I, I think the Jazz ended up get picking making a good decision here based on the future, a young guy that they can bring along with the team as it goes in a new direction. And, uh, you know, I, I think David Fisdale is a very well-respected guy as well, and that front office has a lot of really, really uh, well-respected basketball minds in it now to go along with Danny Ainge and, yep. and Fisdale. So. I see the D. Wade connection here, right? Dwayne yeah. Wade just became a partial owner of the Jazz. He's got Fisdale connections from Miami, so maybe yeah. maybe they made some connections there. But I think these are great, I guess, starting points for the Jazz because when we talked about them a few weeks ago, they have a ton of things to try and work out this offseason. Let's talk about some rumors here. And uh, I guess we'll go right into the Rudy Gobert thing since he's the next domino to fall here for the Jazz. But uh, according to multiple sources, your Chicago Bulls, Calvin, are the odds-on favorite to land Rudy Gobert. Do you like this? Do you dislike this? And what do you expect to ultimately happen with Rudy? I do like this for Chicago. We talked about this, I don't know, like a couple weeks ago, it feels like, when this, for, this story first came out. Um, and I had been on record saying that a lot of teams should not trade for Rudy Gobert. The Bulls, I think, are not one of those teams. I, I think this would be a really great move if they could pull it off, depending on what they have to give up to get him. Um, but as I mentioned before, one of the biggest weaknesses for Chicago last year was their interior defense. Um, they played a, a relatively smaller lineup most of the time, even though they had Vucevic at the center, the, the rest of the team was really small, and they, they had very little uh, resistance when it came to, to a team's uh, attacking them at the basket. So rebounding, you know, rim protection, this would be really great for them. Um, and it's a, a situation where Bulls have plenty of scorers on this team, especially if they're, they do end up re-signing Levine, which it sounds like will happen. Uh, it, offense is not something that they necessarily need. So it, it seems like a perfect match here. But the Timberwolves are also a team that are in pursuit of Rudy Gobert as well, and I think it also makes sense for them. They're, keep in mind, or you know, don't rule them out. They're still a, a dark horse here. Yeah, just looking here at the Bulls' salary cap situation, you know, Zach Levine, he is a free agent. He can sign with whatever team he chooses to, but uh, it could be in their best, I guess, uh, efforts to make a trade for a guy like Rudy Gobert before they bring in Zach Levine because they can go over the salary cap to re-sign Zach Levine. Uh, I got the NBA trade machine pulled up here just to see what it looks like salary-wise to bring in a guy like Rudy Gobert. 
He's scheduled to make about $35 million. You'd have to send out Alonzo Ball, uh, a Jones Jr., and a Caruso to get anywhere close to matching salary here. Um, I mean, other than that. You're not going to try to include Vucevic in that? Instead of one of those other guys? You you could include Vucevic if if you want, but um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Are you are you including Vucevic in this deal? Oh, yeah, you're not going to start him and Gobert together. No, I okay. don't think that makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> so let me adjust this here. So if I were to take Lonzo out, we could add in Vucevic here, twenty two. No, sorry, twenty four million, um, and then Caruso and Jones Jr. Has the Bulls winning six more games, and the Jazz losing seven more games? Maybe you throw yeah. some picks in here. <clears throat> Probably going to have to or something. Um, yeah, I, I that seems fairly reasonable. I, I mean, as a Bulls fan, I would not like to lose Caruso, but in order to get Gobert, you're going to probably have to give up something or someone that you don't want to lose. Do you think this trade will end up eventually happening, or where do you see Gobert next season? Uh, it's Most a really likely. tough question. Um Really tough. I think it's going to come down to how desperate a team is to have him because mm-hmm. you're going to have to give up a lot, not just the package, but the fact that he makes that much money in return is going to cost you in the future, right? Yep. Luxury tax, all that stuff to be a competitive team. Um, and maybe the Warriors are starting a new wave of – uh, you know how you how you organize your salary cap, and teams are just going to say we have to spend a ton of money to be compet- competitive enough to win. Yeah, maybe we'll see. We know inflation is dominating yeah. everything else in the economy. Why not the NBA, right? Why not? Yeah. Uh, I also read an article this morning that the NBA salary cap is expected to increase this off season. Uh, I don't know the exact number at the moment. I want to say one hundred and twenty three million. But it's definitely on its way back up since we saw it decline the past two years due to the COVID pandemic. All right, let's talk about a few more rumors here. Jalen Brunson to the Knicks. Apparently the Knicks are the favorite to sign Jalen Brunson. He's an unrestricted free agent. Looks like the Mavericks are potentially going to lose out on him for nothing. Uh, Not that they weren't able to make some good moves this offseason. This is kind of one of the reasons why I didn't have them up there with the Pistons. Uh, I love the addition of of Christian Wood, but losing Jalen Brunson for nothing, I think, is is a tough tough pill to swallow for Dallas. Yeah, it is. I I have them really high on my list. Uh, You know, obviously the Christian Wood deal is great. They're also rumored to be after some players that we're going to talk about in a second here to where if they can land them, not only are they adequate replacements for Jalen Brunson, it, you know, to me, it just that all the, the moves that they're making right now in Dallas are, are really solid, I would say. They know that they didn't have enough money to re-sign Brunson. The Knicks are going to throw the kitchen sink at him. It's rumored it could be up to $110 million for four years. Um, and the, the Knicks are 100% all in on this. Yeah, yeah, the Knicks are definitely making some moves here. We thought uh, Julius Randle was going to be the guy, the odd man out. It seems like he is potentially staying at this point, and they're continuing to build around him. Uh, so good for Knicks fans. Maybe you guys will finally have two consecutive years, three consecutive years in the playoffs. We'll <laughs> see. We will definitely see here. But Jalen Brunson could be a huge 
addition to the Knicks. Next up, Malik Monk is willing to stay, willing to take less money to stay with the L.A. Lakers. You and I agree that uh, this was the bargain of last year's the best value right? contract in the NBA. He absolutely killed it for the Lakers. They don't have a lot of money left because they are paying a guy like LeBron and Anthony Davis and and Russell, Russell Westbrook, Westbrook just opted in for yeah. forty-seven million. So Malik Monk could potentially stay with the Lakers. What do you see a contract looking like for him? And do you think he will ultimately stay? Um, yeah, I think he will ultimately stay. This is the LeBron James effect, in my opinion. You you get guys like this who everybody wants to win, right? And yep. a lot of times, people in their career when they play alongside the best or one of the best players in the NBA, they, they realize how how fortunate they are and how great of an opportunity they have uh, to, to keep winning. So, you know, some guys care more about securing uh, a better financial status, a, a better, a bigger contract. Other guys care more about just playing on a competitive team, wh- whatever that looks like, and it, and it seems that Monk is in that boat at this point. Yeah, he's still very, very young at only 24 years old. Uh, The Lakers better be hoping that he wants to re-sign because they only have seven guys here under contract for next season. Uh, One of those is partially guaranteed in Stanley Johnson. Uh, You have uh, Gabriel at like $1.8 million, a player option, or sorry, actually a team option, and then Russell Westbrook that just opted in, and Kendrick Nunn can opt in as well. So they definitely need to add some more guys to fill out that roster. If Malik Monk is willing to take a discount to stay in L.A., uh, great news for the Lakers and great news for Lakers fans because three-point shooting uh, is very important to have next to a guy like LeBron James and a guy like Russell Westbrook. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right. The Hornets apparently are unlikely to offer Miles Bridges a max deal. And Detroit are the favorites to sign him. When we started the show today, I mentioned that they have officially offered him the qualifying offer, making him a restricted free agent. And the Hornets can match any contract offer that he is given. However, will they do it, right, is a whole nother situation. So now it's on Bridges to go out and get, or on his agent, to go out and get all these contract offers. He could potentially get a max offer from a team like Detroit or somebody else that has some money. And then it's up to the Hornets on whether they choose to match that or let him walk for nothing or try and work out some kind of sign and trade. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this situation? Um, it's, uh, I think it's going to play out not exactly how Miles Bridges maybe hoped it would, but uh, it, I think it's, he's going to ultimately be the winner here. Like, I don't see him staying in Charlotte for much longer there's definitely going to be somebody that pays him whether it's or wants to pay him whether it's Detroit or another team and Detroit makes a lot of sense uh, he's from Michigan he went to Michigan State a lot of connections there obviously yep. he would welcome coming back home um, and playing you know in D-Town did the Gordon Hayward situation screw it up for Miles Bridges and the Hornets I, th- I think it might have. He's making thirty million next season, and thirty-one and a half the year after that. Yeah, this could be why they can't afford him. Yes, yeah, I, I think ultimately it might be, and and it's. I don't know if it's necessarily just Gordon Hayward though. Charlotte has made some pretty strange 
personnel decisions, you know, for a number of years. Like they, they've just been kind of spinning the wheels, you know, for the past 10 seasons, basically. And now they finally get a guy who had a phenomenal year last year, bet on himself. A young guy. Seems to be, you know, doing and saying all of the right things. I know he had that uh, unfortunate issue in Atlanta at the end of the season, which maybe was a minor setback for him with the team. But I, I think overall that hasn't probably changed the overall league's perception of him. Like I, this, this seems to me like a situation with you've got a guy in Lamella Ball yeah. who's the future of this team. Miles Bridges could be his running mate for the next five to eight years. Like it, it should be, I think, a simple, uh, simple decision to be made here. But I think Charlotte is going to lose out on another one. Yeah, I agree. And it's kind of something we've seen pretty consistently, right? Like we just talked about Malik Monk. He just left Charlotte a year ago. Young mm-hmm. guy drafted by them. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like Kemba Walker, who's definitely fallen off lately. Yeah. Charlotte refused to pay him. Maybe that was the right move. Maybe it wasn't. But it's unfortunate for Charlotte and for MJ. You got to keep some of these good young players when you do hit on guys. I would much rather have a 24-year-old Miles Bridges at $30 million than a 32-year-old Gordon Hayward. Yeah. And the craziest thing of the whole situation is you with even with Gordon Hayward's age and contract, you probably could have traded him. Yeah. At some point. Maybe still even can. Still can. So it's not over yet. It's not. They could potentially trade Hayward and bring back Bridges by offering the qualifying offer today. They are in the driver's seat. That's true. So we will definitely see what happens. But uh, a, a tough speed bump here for this team because they are definitely on their way up. Uh, you know, they hit on LaMelo Ball. They hit on Miles Bridges. They've had a, a bunch of these guys. P.J. Washington. I think James Booknight is going to be a great player. Um, so at some point you just kind of got to open up your checkbook and say, okay, the scouts did their job. The front office did their job. We brought in these guys. Now we just need to keep them here and get some chemistry and some consistency. Uh, we will see what happens. But if I'm Charlotte, I'm doing whatever I can to keep Miles Bridges. I yeah. really am. Yeah, I agree. All right. And the last topic of the day, the Dallas Mavericks. You want to talk about two more moves that they are, uh, I guess, uh, estimated to make here in free agency? Yeah, well, one of them seems like more or sounds like more of a done deal than the other one. The the We talked about Jalen Brunson. The Mavericks, I think, at this point are expecting to lose him to free agency. So they've got to turn their eyes on to who they could replace him with. And it looks like they might go with both an offensive and defensive replacement for him. That that would be Goran Dragic, uh, of formerly of the Brooklyn Nets, most recently, and then Gary Payton II, their rumored to have already started to work out a deal for Drogic, uh, and they will be pursuing Gary Payton hard in free agency as well. Wow. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier. If they're able to pull off those two moves, you're probably going to be able to sign both those guys for less than what the Knicks are going to pay Jalen Brunson for. Um, I I think it would be tremendous to, to fill out the roster with both those guys. Net positive for the Mavericks. They continue to stack W's this offseason. 
How much better of a team do you think they will actually be as opposed to last year? Do you think they Good get question. further in the playoffs? That's so hard to say because they <laughs> made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals this year. But, look, I, I think just like, you know, we talked a lot about Boston while they were making their run saying they're in a position to be contenders for uh, to make the NBA Finals for a long time to come now. I think you have to start mentioning Dallas in the same breath. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that Luka Doncic guy is pretty good. And you mentioned the LeBron James effect earlier. You got to think that Luka's going or starting to create that effect around yeah. him. Uh, I'm really excited to see how he is going to fit with Christian Wood. Um, but, yeah, great offseason so far for the Mavs. I wish Mike was here in the chat so we could give a, a shout-out to him. But uh, I think it's time here to open it up to Q&A, unless you have anything else to mention, any other news. I can refresh my NBA News app here. Well, there is one thing that we haven't talked about yet, which I know Kings fans are going to be very uh, – it's a very sensitive subject here, and we'll be uh, doing a Royal Rebounds podcast tomorrow so we'll talk more in depth about it but the kings are not at the moment going to offer uh the qualifying offer to dante divincenzo yeah interesting <clears throat> move there um i don't know if this is a salary cap move or not um they still can re-sign him they can still go over yes. the salary cap to re-sign him and bring him in all they're doing is they're making him not a restricted free agent and they are uh, they're getting rid of that salary cap hold that mm -hmm. would be there during the first week or two weeks of free agency. Yeah. So either there's a guy that they're targeting in free agency that they're like, we need more salary cap space. They've talked it out with DiVincenzo or they've just agreed to part ways here, which for me seems unlikely I agree. considering they just traded for him and they've tried to trade for him twice yes. already. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen there? Uh, I really don't know. I, I think I'm leaning towards, you know, what you're saying about there being a bigger move or more moves in the works behind the scenes that we don't see or hear right now, whether it's John Collins or somebody else. Uh, I, I just, I hope that that's the case because I, I still have trust and, and believe in Monty McNair that no, he knows what he's trying to do or, or has a plan. Yep. that he's trying to work out here. But from the outside looking in now, going into the draft after having the draft fall out or happen the way it did where they didn't really add any other assets, you thought mm -hmm. maybe they would pick up extra picks or another player. They end up doing none of that and just taking one guy. Uh, everybody wanted the John Collins trade to fall through, maybe on draft day or draft night. That didn't happen either. And now you're hearing that you may lose DiVincenzo for nothing it sounds like you're going in the absolute wrong direction. But I think there is a, a bigger picture here at work. And you just had a chance to draft a star shooting yeah. guard to replace yeah. him just a week ago. Uh, so it's interesting. I want to give a shout-out to Frankie uh, Cardicelli. He's been posting on Twitter and Facebook a lot about this. He says that he thinks something is in the works here and just be patient. So we will... We will stay, uh, you know, paying attention to this issue and see what happens. I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm a little stressed about the Kings yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's jump here into Q&A. So if you guys have questions, go ahead and drop them here in the chat, and we got answers. 
I see a couple here from Progressive G, so we'll jump right into it. Calvin, first off, is Detroit a playoff team next year? Playoff team, that's tough. Um, I mean, they they still could potentially make, a, a, you know, one or two more moves here that are going to strengthen the team. Maybe they end up grabbing DeAndre Ayton or they end up with Miles Bridges or something like that. Uh, they, they've got a definite chance, I would say. I, yeah. I feel like play-in uh, for sure is a very realistic possibility for this team. You look at the teams that were in the play-in last year, Charlotte, Atlanta, um, and Cleveland. I think Cleveland will be at or or better than what they were last year. Atlanta is a big question mark right now with their new toy and DeJounte Murray. But the Hornets, especially if Miles Bridges leaves and it maybe ends up in Detroit, that could easily be a flip there for me. So I, I do think Detroit's going to be much, much better than they were last year. Playoff team is still a, a little yep. bit of a stretch, I would say. But Yeah, it's very tough. Uh, for me, it ultimately comes down to does Cade Cunningham take the next step and lead this yeah. team? But as yeah, far as making the playoffs. They're so young, too, right? Yeah. Like, they've got a ton of talent. Yeah. But are they going to make that quick of a jump that fast? You know, I, I don't know. I think they're a few years away. Um, and just like you mentioned, looking here at the standings, they got to leapfrog four teams just to be eligible for the play-in. Right. Uh, that's the Pacers, the Wizards, the Knicks, and the Hornets. Which can easily be done. None uh, of those teams I mean, have had a stellar offseason so no, far. No, no, no. You know, you'd no, say no. that maybe if the Knicks get Jalen Brunson, maybe that makes them yeah. a little bit better. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Hornets and Bridges. But I like you're saying, even the if Wizards, they leapfrog all four of those teams, that still only puts you in 10th. Yes. So it, there's exactly. still a lot more work to be done. But. A little, little early for the Detroit Pistons. That is that is for sure. Uh, Progressive G also says, what's the latest with the Kings and John Collins? That is the question of the day. That's the question of the week. That's the question of the year, Progressive G. <laughs> I have no idea what is going on with the Kings and John Collins. They have been very, very quiet. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's bad. Um, but I do want to throw out there that the Kings are officially the oldest team in the NBA. And uh, next year, 2023, will be 100 years for them. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about their average roster. No, age, no, no. I'm saying, like, I'm no, saying fran no franchise. Okay. They started in 1923 as the Rochester Seagrams. 2023, 100 years of wow. professional basketball. 100 years. That's wild. That yeah. is absolutely One wild. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that Indiana offered the Kings Chris Duarte and the number six pick for the number fourth pick? Thoughts on that? I did not hear that. I did not hear that. And uh, I think that they should have taken that deal if that was a real deal. But then again, they seem to absolutely love Keegan Murray. They think that Keegan Murray is the best player available at four. I, I bet if you asked Monty, he'd probably say that he thought Keegan Murray was probably the best or if not one of the best players in this entire draft. So that could make sense why he didn't want to move down. Um, but if it's me, I, I think Duarte had an amazing season last year. He's still young. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, well, it certainly sounds like a good deal, right? Uh, I think if I'm trying to put myself in Monty McNair's uh, shoes, 
he probably, I, I would guess, just wasn't sure enough that Keegan Murray would still be there at six because you have to assume that for Indiana to jump up to four, they probably want to take either Murray or uh, Ivy, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Detroit's probably going to take whoever the other one doesn't take at five, right? Or, like, that's your thought process. So I, I maybe he just didn't uh, pull the trigger because, again, he, he just wasn't confident enough that Keegan Murray would still be there, and that was the ultimate goal for them, clearly, was to draft him. Yeah, and if you honestly think that Keegan Murray is the best player available and he fills a position of need that the Kings needed and he's the most NBA-ready player, which the Kings want to compete and win now, is it worth giving up that for a question mark in pick six and a guy like Chris Duarte? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It. it Making that move would have made a lot more sense today when you hear that they're not going to offer DiVincenzo, yeah. right? It's like, okay, well, we just picked up Chris Duarte, so obviously we can cut our losses there. But, yeah, it's that's interesting. It's interesting. Maybe the Kings make a run after a guy like Malik Monk. Maybe they do. We talked Maybe. about how he's willing to take less to stay with the Lakers. But, hey, if the Kings come in and they're like, hey, we'll pay you. We'll make you a starter, and you get to play with your college teammate in Deer and Fox. That could be a good move. If you're could the be. Kings, would you be like, let's say they cost the same? Who would you rather have, Monk or DiVincenzo? I, I like both of them for different reasons. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about the Kings again, defense is my number one priority. Malik mm -hmm. Monk is a good player, but he's not the defender that DiVincenzo or is. Or rebounder. Or rebounder. But much better. I, at least last season was a much better three-point yes. shooter. yeah. Which we also talked about could be issues with this team when your first best player or second, however you want to <laughs> rank Fox and Sabonis, are not uh, you know exceptional three-point shooters. Right. Uh, so interesting situation. John Collins as well, if he ends up getting out of this roster. I, I think for the Kings, we're all kind of just sitting back here in with all these questions, and there will be a point where, like, we thought it was going to be the draft, where once something happened, the dominoes were going to start to fall. I don't think we've seen that yet. So maybe it's on – on Friday, maybe it's late tomorrow, but I think we'll start to see one domino fall and it'll kind of start this effect and we'll see the rest of the roster fill out pretty quickly. Yeah. All right. Any, any other questions? Go ahead and post them here in the chat. Anything else you want to discuss today, Calvin? We've covered a lot of ground already. There's going to be so much more uh, that happens here in a very short amount of time. The, there's a lot of big-name players that are still available. Yep. Yeah, we didn't even mention Zach Levine yeah. at all. And he's probably the biggest name in here. We barely mentioned Definitely DeAndre Ayton, who's one of the big names as well. I want to remind you all, Calvin and I will be live tomorrow on this channel and on Royal Rebounds. We will also be live on Friday covering NBA free agency, uh, giving all our takes, our thoughts on all that stuff. It's going to be a busy couple days here. You guys thought the draft was busy. Wait until free agency starts. It's 24-7. Uh, so it's it's going to be a fun, fun couple days here. I also want to remind you all, please hit that like button. Please hit the subscribe button. We will be here 
as much as we can covering all that is the NBA. Progressive G says, love this time of year. NBA free agency is always interesting. Yeah, we got the draft. We got free agency. We got trades. We got signing of coaches and all this stuff. So uh, the NBA landscape is is being mowed right now or being <laughs> remodeled. Uh, so we will see what happens. Real quick, Calvin, from everything that you've seen so far, and, and I know it's extremely early, but I read an article this morning saying that the Lakers are actually the betting favorite to win the title next season. <laughs> um, who do you think is going to be in the finals next year? Oh, man. Wow. Um, gosh, I, I don't even know if I can put together an answer right now. I, I mean, the Western Conference is going to be so different because you're going to get so many teams back to, like, full strength health-wise. Clippers. Clippers, yeah. Nuggets. Nuggets, um, yeah. You know, you could even include the Lakers, who battled injuries for most Pelicans. of the year. The Pelicans. So it's that one is tough. And then the Eastern Conference, we saw how much competition there was within the top six, even, you know, seven seeds. Yeah. Brooklyn was even the number one I team think, in the East for a while last year. Playing teams were all over 500. Yeah. Maybe yeah. one of them wasn't over 500. So it's a <laughs> progressive Jesus, Sacramento, and Detroit. That would be something. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. Progressive G, if that happens, I will get a Sacramento tattoo on my chest. <laughs> I would love that. And Calvin will get a Detroit tattoo. No, man. No, don't include me in that If one. they make the finals. No, I can't do that. <laughs> I, I can't do that. As a Bulls fan, I cannot have a Detroit Pistons tattoo. <laughs> Just can't. Um, I think it's, it's, it's also very hard to tell, but uh, I'm just going to go with a rematch from last year. Really? Say Warriors Celtics. Wow. Uh, but ultimately, I, I think it's it's basically the Celtics, the Bucks. Yeah, I, I was maybe the say, Sixers. I'm not ready to maybe the to Heat say Milwaukee is your four is teams. out. You know, and, and their their run or whatever is over here. I yeah. I still think they're um, when healthy again. You know, they need to get Middleton back to full strength, and if if they get that, like they they're easily the team that could come out of the East to me. Where do you think the Nets rank in there? Because <laughs> like you said, they were the best I mean, team at one point last were. year, and then they were one of the but worst they, teams. They could so. start next year without Kyrie and Kevin Durant, potentially. Yeah, yeah. So, and Ben Simmons. Well, I'm not even worried about Ben Simmons at this point. Wow. Could you imagine <clears> if they go into next season with Ben Simmons and a bunch of young guys in draft picks? That would be insane. Yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy. But uh, Sean Marks would probably have a more, he would lose less hair probably, <laughs> with that roster. Probably, probably. All right, everyone, want to thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us here. We know there are a lot of different distractions in the world, so thank you for letting us be your distracting distraction please hit that like button please subscribe to the channel and also hit that notification bell so you will be notified when we put out a new video our schedule here is getting a, a little bit more hectic so our 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 lives will be a little bit more sp uh, sporadic so if you do hit that notification bell you will be notified every time so thank you guys so much for watching we will see you all tomorrow and don't forget to tip your bartender <laughs>